The Legislative Yuan on Tuesday received the Speaker of the Czech Parliament's lower house, Marketa Pagarová Adamová. The Speaker voiced strong support for Taiwan in its fight against authoritarianism, pointing to Ukraine as sobering reminder of the threats posed by authoritarian regimes. She urged the people of Taiwan to not take democracy and freedom for granted, added that the Czech Republic would always stand with Taiwan. Ladies and gentlemen, that's how. Czech speaker Marketa Pekarová Adamová greets scholars at National Taiwan University in Mandarin, earning a roaring applause. In her speech at the university, she reiterated the Czech Republic's support for Taiwan. Beijing's regime must know that Taiwan has many good democratic allies. If Chinese Communist Party decides to attack Taiwan, they will fail. Earlier in the day, the speaker visited the Legislative Yuan, where she was received by Legislative Speaker Yoshi Kun and lawmakers from ruling and opposition parties. They all posed for a photo together, much like two years ago, when Czech Senate Speaker Milos Pistrichil led a delegation to Taiwan. Since then, bilateral ties have only deepened. Yo conferred a medal upon Pekarová Adamová in recognition of her contributions to Taiwan-Czechia relations. Stronger cooperation between Taiwan and the Czech Republic is not just in the interests of the Czech Republic. Back in 1968, the anti-authoritarian uprising of the Prague Spring brought the spirit of revolution to Taiwan. Unfortunately, many people have lost their ideals of preserving safety and living in peace. It's naive to think that war will never re-enter our lives. We have all seen what's been happening over the past year in Ukraine, which is not far from the Czech Republic. We have witnessed a brutal conflict and flagrant violations of international law. Taiwan and the Czech Republic both have a similar history of their fight against authoritarianism. Pekarová Adamová's visit comes amid high international tensions that have only intensified since Mr. Chill's visit. She stressed that democracy and freedom should not be taken for granted and should be protected. Dear legislative colleagues, Dear people of Taiwan, I would hereby like to assure you all that we stand with you and that we will continue to stand with you. We stand together no matter what, because if you stand with us, we stand with you. The Czech speaker emphasized that her country stood with Taiwan. Across distance and language, the two would defend the same values and protect each other, she said. President Tsai Ing-wen is soon to embark on a state tour visiting Central American allies and making two stopovers in the U.S. Her first transit will be in New York, where she'll be staying at the Latte New York Palace in Manhattan. Ahead of her visit, many Taiwanese Americans are doing their best to arrange meetings between Thai and U.S. officials. President Tsai Ing-wen is about to embark on a tour of Central America with a transit in New York. FTV has an exclusive on the hotel she'll be staying at, the Latte New York Palace. President Tsai will be staying at the Lotte New York Palace in bustling midtown Manhattan. It's close to attractions like the Empire State Building and Rockefeller Center and has convenient transport and a long history. The hotel's most notable feature is its 55-story skyscraper. The views to the west are fantastic. The rooms overlook all of Manhattan. The hotel is also very close to Taiwan's representative office in New York, so its location and transport options make it very easy to meet Taiwanese expats and get around. 
Over in the U.S., Taiwan diplomats are busy making arrangements for Tsai's visit. Not only that, many Taiwanese Americans are lobbying members of Congress to meet Tsai during her transit. The man speaking with the governor of New York and other officials is Ming Chiang, the president of Hello Taiwan. Chiang migrated to the U.S. with his father when he was 12 years old. Besides his main job running a furniture business, he spends a lot of time promoting Taiwan. There are little Taiwans in the background and big characters saying Taiwan on top. Then it also says Taiwan over here. When people see it, they know I'm representing Taiwan. Chiang wears his support for Taiwan not just on his tie. His jacket also carries the word Taiwan on his chest. This is the outfit he likes to wear when meeting government officials to leave a deep impression. When they told us that the president might visit, I started letting members of Congress know that President Tsai was coming to New York and that maybe there should be a meeting. The Chinese consulate still tries to stir up trouble for us, however. Fighting ceaseless oppression from China, Chiang has to think outside the box. For example, for the annual Mets Taiwan Day, he created a limited edition jersey saying Taiwan alongside the number one. He then presented it as a gift to top government officials. If they post pictures of the jersey, it's like a sign that they wholeheartedly support Taiwan. Among the officials that posted pictures of the jersey are former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, former Vice President Mike Pence, and former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. For Chiang, these photos reflect the deepening of Taiwan-U.S. relations. The 10th Smart City Expo launched on Tuesday with 1,950 booths spotlighting smart applications in education, healthcare, and security. The opening ceremony was attended by political and technological heavyweights, including Pegatron Chairman T.H. Deng, Economics Minister Wang Meihua, and Presidential Office Secretary General Ling Jialong. There is also a turnout of over 80 mayors and deputy mayors from around the world. A smart robotic arm is used to inspect PC boards to improve quality control and to reduce the need for human labor. Also on display is this 5G mobile base station, a backup system for remote areas to ensure uninterrupted communication during disasters. Just before the expo's opening ceremony, Pegatron Corporation unveiled three major tech applications, a sampling of its digital transformation. Taiwan's information technology and semiconductor sector are very well developed. Every smart city event brings in dozens of international visitors from various countries. I believe that this is a crucial component of Taiwan's people-to-people -people diplomacy and an excellent example of diplomacy through technology. The expo's opening ceremony was attended by both national and foreign officials. Representing the presidential office, Lin Jialong said that the showcase technology represented not only Taiwan's soft power, but also a commitment to human rights. Digital technology can be used for innovation and for serving the people, but it can also become a means of authoritarian control. I think that for like-minded countries such as Ukraine, where the deputy mayor of Kyiv is from, I believe that when they use Taiwan cybersecurity technology, they can be free from the threat of authoritarianism. After the Digital Content Innovation Center is completed in 2026, we hope to attract 150 startups and inject more than 1.3 billion NT in funds to support these outstanding teams. 
Working with tech leaders, central and local governments aim to help businesses compete internationally and to ensure that Taiwan's chip sector stays one step ahead. Lawmakers have passed a post-pandemic special budget that will see citizens receive a 6,000 NT cash handout in April. The measure aims to stimulate economic growth in the wake of COVID-19. We asked members of the public what they'll do with their cash, but few people have decided yet. Retailers are quicker off the mark. Many stores are putting together big promotions in a bid to grab as much of the stimulus shopping frenzy as possible. Department stores hope the stimulus combined with Mother's Day will equal big profits. Lawmakers passed the post-pandemic special budget at the legislature last Friday. A handout of 6,000 NT will be available to all citizens by April 6th at the earliest. But have you considered how you'd spend the windfall? I haven't thought about it yet because I haven't gotten it. I haven't even registered for it. But the biggest promotion would be the best thing. For example, I might see what department stores have for annual sales or get a discount. Games consoles, computers, personal electronics. I think it's pretty good if you can get 30 or 40 percent off. Hotels and electronics retailers are launching more and more discounts, but department stores are vying for customers too, dangling big promotions over the May Mother's Day period. Turn on this quilt dryer and watch the quilt immediately rise into the air. The dryer also clears the quilt of mites and leaves it soft and cozy. Freshly made ice drops into coffee. Home appliances and bedding sets that normally cost upward of 10,000 NT are now down to just 6,000 NT. Popular family cooking pots come with three free extra pots, a big saving for homemakers. We happen to have our Mother's Day promotion right after the government will issue the 6,000 NT handouts. We have lots of large discounts in store. We predict our profits will increase at least 30 percent from April to May. The number of customers in-store has definitely increased quite a lot. After people get the 6,000 NT cash, it is the Mother's Day period and the promotional period for cosmetic products in the department store. This wave of shopping may increase our sales by 50 percent. Retailers are working hard to cook up attractive offers and grab a biggest slice of the post-pandemic pie as they can. Moving on to chicken eggs. And no, this time it's not about the supply shortage. A viral internet rumor is making headlines claiming that you should never cook eggs with salt because that produces toxic chlorine gas due to a reaction with the egg's lactic acid bacteria. We have nutritionist Lu, uh, Lu Yazhen here to set this record straight. Although the chemical formula of salt is sodium chloride, its molecular structure is very stable. Generally speaking, when added to eggs, it simply undergoes the reaction of dissolution. Under normal cooking and heating conditions, there is no risk of producing chlorine gas. What people should be more concerned about is the potential presence of salmonella or pathogenic E. coli on the eggshell surface. So it's recommended that you wash eggs thoroughly before cooking. The nutritionist explains that the eggs themselves are sterile and do not contain lactic acid bacteria. Sometimes a green discoloration can form on a cooked egg, but the egg is still safe to eat. That green com compound is sulfide, which forms when min minerals react with the sulfur in eggs during cooking.
With the pandemic winding down, the CECC is ditching its daily COVID updates in favor of weekly reports. It gave its final daily report on Tuesday, announcing 137 new severe cases and 14 COVID-related deaths. It said the numbers showed that the pandemic was waning and it, was, it would switch to weekly updates every Thursday. But although COVID is cooling down, a flu outbreak is heating up. Last week, there were three new severe cases of flu complications all affecting men. Two of them had skipped this season's flu vaccine. Also last week, influenza claimed yet another life, bringing the death toll to 14 since the season began on October 1st. All the victims had not received their flu shots. The city of Brno in the Czech Republic has become Taoyuan's newest sister city. At Monday's official ceremony, the mayors of both cities signed a memorandum of cooperation. The mayors traded gifts to mark the new friendship. Brno was given an exquisite microscope made of paper, while Taoyuan received a photo of one of Brno's most famous landmarks. Memorandums in hand, the two mayors strike a pose. Taoyuan Mayor Zhang Shangzheng and Brno Mayor Marketa Bankova signed a deal on Monday for their cities to formally become sister cities. The two mayors traded gifts in a show of friendship. <laughs> she peers into the microscope and gives a big thumbs up. This was Taoyuan's gift to its new sister city, a microscope made with paper by a local sculptor. It was chosen because Brno produces one-third of all electron microscopes in the world. In return, the Czech city gave a photo of Spielberg Castle, taken by a renowned photographer. Both mayors expressed hope for more exchange opportunities in the future. I hope that there can be more exchanges in the future, with more students from the Czech Republic coming to Taiwan on exchange, or Taiwanese students going to Czechia. We can learn from each other's technology. Taoyuan and Brno are similar in their industrial structure. They have traditional labor-intensive industries, as well as emerging sectors like ICT and biotech, each with fully formed supply chains. Both cities are home to prestigious universities and research institutions that provide talent for local industries. They also both have international airports that connect them to the rest of the world. Uh, Brno and Taoyuan share many similarities from international airports and the numerous universities to their industrial and cultural foundations. Bilateral exchanges abound between the two cities, whose friendship stayed strong even during the pandemic. At Monday's ceremony, Zhang said he'd like to lead a delegation to visit Taoyuan's newest European friend. A new training scheme promises up to upgrade medical care for dysphagia in Taiwan. Dysphagia, the medical term for swallowing difficulties, affects 8% of older adults in Taiwan. Now, a one-stop training scheme will support medical professionals to specialize in the condition all the way through their education and into working life. Led by Kaohsiung Medical University, the scheme will incorporate 12 colleges all across the country. Officials hope that it will lead to higher standards of treatment and enable Taiwan's doctors to team up with colleagues abroad. A golden dragon dances through the audience, led by the principal of Kaohsiung Medical University, to symbolize a new one-stop training scheme for the dysphagia industry, a scheme as long and well-coordinated as a dragon. The doctors involved in the dragon dance even leaked this private rehearsal video. Normally, during work hours, they'd be in an operating theater, 
but here they're working to get the rhythmic swing of the dragon scales on point. We want to cultivate the teachers and students from the 12 participating schools and bring together all the talent in the industry. We want to enter from various angles, from people first coming in, from education giving them skills, to them developing products in the future, and then in the end finding employment. The whole thing is one stop. The one-stop training scheme has a subsidy of 70 million NT from the Ministry of Education. Dysphagia affects more and more older people in Taiwan as the proportion of aged citizens grows. It can lead to chronic illness and repeated infections and can even cause septic shock. The team hopes to slow down dementia for potential patients and prevent the many issues associated with dysphagia. Our scheme includes many innovative facilities, such as an observation room, the only one in the country, as well as an authentic functioning kitchen. We have an AR and VR classroom and a classroom for authenticating computer big data databases. With the establishment of centers like this, in the future we can find solutions for clinical issues on the education end, on the talent end. The scheme aims to prepare Taiwan's medical system for the demands of an aged society, as well as make bridges with experts worldwide. It will host international seminars and has invited more than 20 dysphagia experts from Japan and Korea to share their experiences. The team hopes doctors will be enabled to avoid invasive procedures like nasogastric tubes and patients will enjoy great health in older age. 16-year-old weightlifter Xingxi Pan has won three golds at the IWF World Youth Championships in Albania. Competing in the women's 49kg event, she ranked first in the snatch with 73 kilograms. She also finished first in the clean and jerk with a lift of 90 kilograms, and that gave her the highest total of 163 kilograms. It's a proud moment for her family and friends. She's just like any other child. When she's tired, she cries. And when she cries, she leaves to wash her face and then gets right back to training. When she's back home, she says things like, Mama, it hurts over here. And I would say, I told you not to take up weightlifting in the first place. Then she would say that she enjoyed lifting very much. So I would tell her not to give up and that I would always be by her side. Seeing her work so hard, be so exhausted, that can be really painful for us. She said that she wants to improve our family circumstances. Everything she's doing is out of filial piety. She wants to help me and her mother to ease our suffering. Pan is currently a sophomore in high school. She comes from humble circumstances and her two sisters also train in weightlifting. Pan holds the national record for young female lifters and she was the first chosen to represent Taiwan at the 2020 World Youth Championships. Expectations for her future are high as she continues to train and compete on the international stage. Jinzu is gearing up for its annual Kids Art Festival. A promo launch gave us a taste of the many exciting events lined up. Even the city's mayor, Gao Hongan, learned a dance routine to perform with some experienced junior dancers. Running from April 1st to 5th, Xinju City Children's Arts Festival will feature arts and crafts technology experiences and live performances in a bid to pr provide fun for all the family. 
The mayor of Shinju, Gao Hong-an, and a kids' dance group celebrate the upcoming Shinju City Children's Arts Festival. The children even brought out their sharpest moves live on stage at the press conference. The girl was bad. The 2023 festival theme is Zoom Zoom Shinju. It will run from April 1st to 5th at Shinju Park over the long weekend national holiday. According to Chen Kangming, the head of Shinju's Cultural Affairs Bureau, there will be more artistic events than ever this year, including arts and crafts, dance shows, and the big attraction, innovative tech. We've added AR and VR to the program, and we want lots of children to be able to attend these events by having many slots and a fast turnover. There are five big experience zones at the festival. Famous musical groups will be performing alongside surprising street art entertainers. Visitors can enjoy technology experiences, plant rubbings, and making mosaics. Organizers hope the many themes will mean there's something for everyone. We want this year's Children's Arts Festival to give kids young and old lots of events to attend, at the same time as being a source of learning through play, so everyone can create beautiful memories and learn lots of new things as they experience arts and culture. A total of 50 performances are scheduled, from more than 100 performers in 23 groups. For the crafty, there are 25 different types of craft activities lined up, giving kids a taste of all many different ways to get creative.